Hello, and welcome to Sense of Responsibility. I'm Alec Lindenauer, a certified financial planning professional, husband, and chief allowance officer to two daughters. I'm also the creator of the Sense of Responsibility tools and how-to instruction parents need to raise their children into financially literate, money-savvy adults, even if they don't know much about finance themselves. I'm Julie Franz, a chef entrepreneur at heart, wife and mother of two middle school children. I also curate the Sense of Responsibility community so parents have a forum to ask questions, share success stories, and discuss their journeys. As a financial newbie myself, I'm also cultivating our group support system to help carve out my own family's path toward financial literacy. Hello again, core parents and caregivers. Welcome to our sixth episode of the Sense of Responsibility podcast. Today's episode features another special guest and longtime close friend. Today, you're going to meet Nora Elish, mother of twins, husband to Craig, and a very successful public relations consultant. Like many parents, Nora was struggling to raise money-savvy kids. She and I got to talking about that when we were both in COVID quarantine back in 2021. When I told her about our course, Starting Your Elementary Age Child on the Money Savvy Path, she was all in, super excited. But despite that excitement, it took a good seven months for her to actually watch the instructional videos. Once she did, that excitement resurfaced, and at the time we recorded this, she had just finished her very first new allowance routine, the same one I prescribed in the videos. We'll hear Nora talk about that lull, as well as some wins and challenges she faced in her setup, execution, and after the fact. Even though Nora's new at this, she very quickly noticed changes in her children's attitudes about money. I look forward to all of you meeting my good friend, Nora Elish. So with that, here we go. Teach sensibly, everyone. Welcome back, core parents. We're very excited for today's episode. With us is a very longtime and close friend of mine, Nora Elish. Nora, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Of course. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to have had this intervention in my life for my kids. (laughs) This is necessary. So Julie, introducing Nora to you for the very first time, Nora has been a very close friend since we were both in the 10th grade. And actually, the Mm -hmm. two of you are former neighbors. Julie used to live across the street, and Nora in college was my backdoor neighbor. So Ah, I am honored to call you both former neighbors. (laughs) Good for you for keeping friends for so long. Awesome. Well, it's really, yes. And it's very nice to meet you finally, Nora. I heard great things about you for a long time now. So great to meet you. All right. So Nora, let's start there. Why don't you tell Julie a little bit about yourself? I mean, I know a lot of your background, but so people will know, okay, that means we grew up in Miami, but after that, it is a blank slate. Yes. So, I mean, I could go on and on about my life story, but the basic, you know, Summary uh, is that yes, I grew up in North Miami Beach. Alec and I went to high school together and college. And then I moved to New York City where I worked in media. I was a producer for Good Morning America, was my first job. And then I went into producing for NBC. I worked for what's now the third hour of the Today Show. I did that. And then I did some more production stuff. I ended up moving back to Miami. I lived in South Beach. And then I moved back to New York City. I'm a big mover. I just put stuff in a box and go. Went back to New York City and I worked for um, an agency at first, working with media clients. And then I ended up working for Bravo. Um, And at Bravo, I worked on the original Queer Eye. I worked on Project Runway. I launched Top Chef the first season. So that was really exciting. I had that job for a few years and it was great. 
And then from there, I went into the distribution group of NBC Universal, where I worked with every single network of NBC. So I got to know the publicity head doing PR communications. Um, so from there, I worked with a lot of the communications leads for everything from E and Oxygen, NBC Sports, the Olympics, everything. So when I left after I had my twins, who had no sense of money whatsoever until, you know, core came around. And Alec, I left and I started my own PR agency. So I pretty much have been working remotely for a long time now. Now they're 12. So for the past 12, you know, 11 years, I left when they were about one. I've been doing my own, you know, I've had my own PR shop, which has been really great and fulfilling and great to be able to do it remotely and still work with really big media clients. So that's kind of my life story. Let's give a non-shameless plug. So that's Colebrook Media, of course. Yes. So I named it for my kids. It felt like the easiest route. And um, yeah, it's been a good, a really good, I'm knocking on wood, run. You know, and it's also another reason why I think it's so important for my kids to know about money because they've seen me working, you know, this whole time. They see I'm sort of locked up in my room yelling at them not to talk or make noise. So they should know the whole reason for why I'm doing that is to make money to pay for their stuff. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) To pay for their extravagant <laughs> for sure. lifestyles. Yep, yep. You're modeling the entrepreneur life, but also teaching them about it is really important too, and actually like talking right. about it. So that's great. Well, sounds like a very exciting life and a very exciting career, Nora. So kudos yeah. to Nora, you. we're not going to hold it against Craig, but you made no mention of your husband. Oh, all right. Well, we'll throw <laughs> him in there too. <laughs> yes. So to mention, I can bring him into the fold. We moved down to Miami from, we were living in New York. My husband is such a New Yorker, Craig. He grew up there. He went to college at Maryland, like all New York sports teams. And we made the pandemic move down to South Florida during, you know, our house sold. People from the city needed a house near the the city. Um, We were living in Long Island, pretty close to the city. They bought our house. We moved down. So now Craig is very happy here. He's also able to work remotely doing what he does. He actually has a big New York City job. They didn't mind that he lived here. You know, he's able to do it remotely because of everything from the pandemic life made that work out. And I think if it wasn't for that, there was no way that we would be down here. So I'm grateful for whatever good came out of a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So Nora, tell Julie and the parents, of course, a little bit about your kids, how old they are, a little bit what they're like. Yeah. So I feel like my kids are like the perfect case study for this because there's two of them. They're twins. They're 12 now. They're a boy and a girl. And they both have very fine tastes. I mean, they like expensive things. They spend money like, you know, they've been holed up for the pe- their whole lives. And now they've been given a few bucks and they're allowed to go crazy. And I love them and they're good kids, but they're spenders and they want things. And I guess that's not unusual. You know, I would think most kids, you know, are like that. But in looking back at myself and me growing up, I, I never want, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't want anything, but I wasn't like a big spender. You know, I wasn't into that. Like I didn't have to have the nicest sneakers or, you know, the most expensive this or that. I just, I was more plain. I just didn't really, that stuff didn't really interest me. So I think maybe because I didn't ask for much, you know, I kind of didn't want for much. I grew up very, you know, lucky. I had, you know, lived in a really nice place. I had a nice house. I had really all my needs met. I just didn't ask for much more. So it was never a conversation saying, 
no, Nora, you know, you're asking for too much, you know, you can't, we can't, I just, I just kind of got what I got. And it wasn't, you know, such a thing, but I really was hitting a wall with my kids. You know, my son, he wants his Lululemon shorts. I mean, this is a problem because we all know that the Lululemon shorts are always $68. They are $68. My daughter is a big, yeah, she's a Lululemon oh, girl as well. So I feel your pain. I blame very it on much. social media. And then, you know, and then my daughter is just, she likes the finer things and it becomes very expensive. And I am, you know, I'm very frugal. I spend on what I need to, but, you know, I'm certainly not like a brand name with the bags and, the, you know, I just, none of that interests me. I'd rather put my money towards like quality of life, you know, a nice trip, living in a nicer house, going out for good dinners, like, things that are not materialistic that I'm holding in my hands. Like I don't really, I don't know. That just doesn't interest me. I relate with you a hundred percent, Nora. You're speaking my language on every single thing you just said and same with my kids too. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, it's hard when you have yeah. these kids who are like, you know, and maybe it's just immaturity or they don't get it. You know, they, they really and truly, I don't think understood the value of the dollar. I don't. I mean, you could say yeah. you don't understand the value. You know, and berate them for that. But the truth is, they really didn't know. Yeah, they need to be taught. Yeah, they really need to be taught. And the interesting, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but during that first day, you know, Brooke had all this change. And she said, Well, I want to keep my change and, and count it out. And I had initially said, Oh, just put the change into the change bucket. And she said, No, I'm going to count it out. She went to count it out and she goes, How much is a nickel? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh boy. I'm like, This is for elementary school age kids, Brooke. <laughs> You are in middle school and you don't know how much a nickel is. I'm like, it's wow. five cents. Yeah. She was like, I knew that. Okay, whatever. But she ended up getting $5 uh, worth of change out of her change. So, oh, wow. she, so she counted it all up and that's what, she, what the total yeah, value was? She had $5 and you know, I said, which one are you going to put it into? And that, even that alone was helpful for her because she learned yeah. how much a nickel is, which is good to know in life. So let's just go back for a minute, though, when you grew up. Do you remember money being a topic of conversation? Did your parents talk about money with you? So I feel like money was always sort of like a weird topic. I don't know. I mean, I just remember like I would be going out and my father would give me a $20 bill. You know, that was mine. I was always happy to get that from him. And I never asked for more. You know, I would never say that's not enough. You know, I would just kind of like make it work, whatever he would give me. But I don't really remember like them setting me up to manage money. I don't remember them giving me too much where I was like, you know, I really don't have much memory of it being like a thing. I just don't think I asked for much. I think I had what I needed. And if I'm being honest, I mean, there, there was my life growing up was sort of interesting because we always lived in really nice places and I never knew what my father did for a living. Like it was sort of like a joke. Like, was he in the mafia? What, like, why do you live in this house? Why do you live on the intracoastal with a yacht in the backyard? I'm like, I don't know. I don't see my father go to work. I don't know how he makes his money. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I, honestly. Wait, even now? Even today? Yeah. Well, even now. So now, I mean, their big thing is my mother's in real estate. So she has done so well in real estate. She'll buy a place. She'll sell it, move somewhere else, sell that. Like, it's a whole thing with them. So I think looking back, I mean, my father always worked and my mother was really the one with this real estate, making these really smart real estate investments and then moving to the next place. And they're still doing it. You know, and I say to my husband, I'm like, we're really lucky that we have parents that have a few bucks that we don't have to worry about them. They yes. make these investments yeah. that are, you know, that are really wise. You know, I think looking back on it, 
I just felt like I always had what I needed. And we certainly weren't like rich people with fancy. I mean, we always joked like we would go to Disney and we'd pull up like my parents, you know, drove a nice car or whatever. And they would say, save your cups for the refill at the Disney park. And they would have like holes in it. We're like, it has, the cup has holes in it. They're like, you have to save the refill cup. They're like, we're not buying another soda. You can you And I'm like, that's insane. I'm like, literally, you have a sea ray in the backyard. Right. You live on the beach. <laughs> Why am I saving my refill cup with holes in it? So maybe growing up like that grounded me a little bit. You know, it was never, yeah, and they sure. were never showy, you know, and then you think about people who maybe didn't have as much and didn't live in as nice an area and, and they were more showy and they had the stuff and they had the fancy cars and they like, my experience growing up was not that we were more down to earth, but like lived in the best spot because maybe that's where they focused their money and their, you know, that's where their invest bucket went to living nicely. So what was it like then when you went off to college or when you first graduated college and you were asked to handle your own money? Do you remember how that felt at all? Yeah. I mean, I remember getting like a bank, you know, getting my bank card and they definitely helped me, but I always wanted to have that first job. I wanted to live alone. I didn't want to have a roommate, you know, sharing that space. So I knew that if I was going to do that, I had to get a job and had to get a job that paid me something, you know, to be able to pay for how I wanted to live. So I remember, you know, definitely like I did get that job. I worked really hard to get the job. I had a million interviews. I had great internships. I'd interned at ABC News 2020 and I was actually Barbara Walters intern. And Alec, I don't know if you remember this. I was writing for the college paper. Remember you used to make fun of me that I was always like home on a Friday night writing for the Florida alligator. And you'd be like, come out. Yeah. And I'd be like, I can't, I have a story due. I was such a nerd. I was like, you know, whatever. Um, so I wrote this article and a producer from 2020 found it, called me and he said, you know, what can I do? He ended up coming to Florida. He interviewed all my sources about the date rape pill, Rohypnol. I wrote a whole thing about it. Um, and he said, how can I repay you? You know, they did a whole story on 2020. And I said, I want an internship at 2020. And it turned out he was Barbara Walters producer. He had me go wow. up. I was her intern. And then the next summer, I, he had a friend. He introduced me to him. He was a producer at Dateline. I went to Dateline. Like I had all this crazy experience from that one article that I wrote. So I remember when I got there, I just pounded the pavement, anyone I could think of. Like I just really was a go-getter to like get this good job. So my first job was Good Morning America. You know, and I, I always remember my parents saying to me, like, do for yourself. Like, you know, you don't ever want to have to count on it. Like, we're here for you and we will help you, you know, when you need it, but do what you can for yourself. You'll feel better about how you're living. And the same thing being married, you know, and my husband didn't really go into it with that same mindset that I had, you know, he went into it, even when we were looking to buy our first home, he said, well, maybe your parents will give this much and my parents will give that much. And I said, my parents aren't giving for that. Like if we can do it ourselves, let's do it ourselves. You know, I don't want to be beholden to your yep. family giving us any money for that. And that wasn't, that was like hard for him. He was like, what? Like if they're willing to do yeah. that, why wouldn't you do that? And I'm like, I, I just don't want to be stuck with that. Like we paid for this for you. You know, like we have to do it ourselves. And if we can't afford it, then we won't do it. You know, then we won't buy a house. We'll rent, we'll buy something for less. And I think that that has served us. You know, we don't go above and beyond. We get what we can, you know, afford between the two of us and the work that we do, you know, and the money that we make. So yeah, that's sort of a little bit of my, my background. All right. So there is a story I'm going to ask you to tell Julie, Julie, when Nora and I both happened to be in a COVID quarantine back in 20, late 2021 at the same time. 
And <laughs> this is when I reached out to her, I said, Hey, you know, I'm getting, we're thinking about starting this thing, you know, it's a sense of responsibility. And I said, like, you know, I'd love to pick your brain. And she said, first of all, she said, I'm all in. She's like, I love this idea. I need this idea. Which interestingly, Nora, later I'm going to ask you why the lull, because it took about seven months from that point of excitement until actually doing it. But I'm going to come yes. back to that. Okay. What I really want you to tell, because I'm curious about the impetus for, you know, when you said, okay, now it's time. Now it is the time to sit down, do allowance with the kids, really make this a formalized thing so that I can optimize me teaching you about money, kids. Right. So you told me a story. You said, oh my goodness, I'm ready for this. And it's the story of the pink hat. Right. Well, so yeah, I mean, Mike and God love them. They are adorable, but they have no sense. They just have no idea. And I was feeding into this and, you know, my husband and I are, Craig and I are very much on the same page. We are, I mean, of course we'll like go for these nutty sushi dinners and spend, you know, spend crazy money on that, but then we'll be like so tight in other areas. You know, it's like, we really know where our buckets are. You're like and your parents. Yeah. I guess like your parents so. with the hole in the soda cup. Right. Exactly. Get the refill. No, you can't buy a new soda. I think it was just really hitting me that like, I kind of felt like I had done them a disservice. Like, you know, I should have done this with them sooner. I'm, I'm regretful that I didn't, that it took me so long. Now they're just starting seventh grade, you know, and I always prided myself in looking back after doing this with you. You know, I think that there are really a few things that kids need to be trained in. And first is sleep training, which I did hardcore. I mean, cause I had twins. They were at the same time. I was terrified that I would not get any sleep and my life would be miserable and I need my sleep. So I feel like it's sleep training, it's potty training, swim training, because they really need to not die in a swimming pool, because that's ridiculous when they could learn how to swim at an early age. And then it's money training. I mean, this is one of the core things, I think, that kids need to be taught, because they don't know. You might think they know, but they have no idea. You know, my 12-year-old no. didn't know how much a nickel was. So how much does she really know about money? I realized on that day, like that she needed a little help. So what happened was Brooke, you know, on Amazon, it's a whole other thing going into a store, but then she's always in there putting things in my cart. I have to have this pink, hot pink cowgirl hat. She does nothing to do with like Western. She doesn't like Western stuff. Cowgirl. No, she just out of nowhere had to have this hat. I have to have it. I really want it. You know, and had I known now, I would have said, pay for it out of your own money. You know, this is maybe a year or two ago. And she said, I have to have it. So I'm like, fine. I bought it for her. And it's this most ridiculous thing that she will never wear. Not even for Halloween. She doesn't want to be a cowgirl. Look at where this came from. All right. So Nora, I'm a little disappointed because that's not how the story went. If, if I recall it like it was yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have you tell that one day. The way you told me it happened. So now correct me if I'm wrong, is that one day you were sitting there and the Amazon person came, you opened it and you're like, what is this pink cowgirl hat? Oh, maybe she had right. gone. She's in. gotten so many things on Amazon <laughs> right. that she needed to stop. So now right. I've stopped her. It right. appears. It was unbeknownst to you, she had put it in the cart. You did okay. a checkout. You're and, right. and so it just arrived. I think you're right. There have been so <laughs> many things. And I said to you, there's like a child system. I had to look into it. There is some child thing on Amazon where you can give them permissions or so that they can't do that. Um, but there, I have had a number of Amazon, you know, mishaps with her. Yes. With things in the cart. I mean, just crazy stuff. <laughs> so yes, obviously we all needed help. I think that's a good situation to show that I needed the help. Brooke needed the help. And then my son, you know, he'll tell you there's nothing I want. I don't need anything aside from $70 Lulu shorts and cards. He's like a card collector, an avid card collector. So every time I would go with him to the card store, I would pay out of my own pocket no less than two hundred and fifty dollars. 
I have to have this card. I want that card. I got all A's. You told me you'd get me something. And I'm like, okay. I mean, at one point I was doing very well with my work. I had a lot of money coming in. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stress out over this. He did get straight A's. He's a good kid. Fine. And then it just became so not sustainable. And it was so ridiculous that he was getting all these cards then out of nowhere. And it was so much money. I mean, I wasn't taking him every day. It's kind of a faraway place, but I'm like, he needs help on this front. This is getting crazy. If he wants these cards, he needs to learn how to save up for it and get what he wants out of his own money. I can't keep doing this or I'm literally going to go broke. Like, and I love what Alec <laughs> always says about money is scarce. And that's the first thing I said to them. I'm like, it's a, it's, it's not an abundant thing. It comes in, it goes out. You know, it's, right. you got to be careful. Unlimited resource. They also evaluate things with a way different perspective when it's their right. money, right? I bet there's certain cards that he just wouldn't have gotten if it was his money. But when it's your money, it's like, okay, yeah, I want right. them all. It's really important to me. Then it's their money. It's like, ooh, yeah. it's not well, that I important to me. Well, I have a few anecdotes me. I could tell you about that. After you know, we got started with this, um, that came up a few times where it was like the, the best example. And I think we hadn't even done it yet. We were about to do our first day. And it was like the, you know, the next day, it was during the week, they were home from camp. And I took them to Home Goods, and Brooke is throwing all this stuff in the cart pillows, you know, beach signs, beach pillows with anchors, a, a pineapple that had nothing in it. It was so ridiculous. She goes, I'm redoing my room. And she already has a very, her room is way nicer than mine. I'm using furniture from 100 years ago. It's falling apart. And she has the nice new room with the bed that like glows with the LED lights. So, she says, I'm redoing my room. And I said, I'm not paying for all that stuff for you. I said, you can get it yourself. You know, we're going to go through your money tomorrow. You're going to see how much you have. And she, I said, do you even know how much this is? She picks up the pineapple as the best example, turns it over. And it was like $25. She was like, oh, she's like, this is a lot. I said, I know. I said, but get it if you want it. Go ahead. We'll go to the upfront and we'll buy it. And you can pay me back out of your seed money when we get home. Because I knew she had a bunch of cash. She goes, oh, no, I'm good. And started taking everything out of the cart and putting it back. She was like, Amazing. I'm not spending my money on that. I'm like, well, if you're not going to spend your money on it, why would I spend my money on it? How crazy is that? Amazing. That's what we call a huge winning oh, moment Nora, in core. That is a massive Yeah, and I've had a few of those. Yeah, I have, I have a few of those. I have another one. Um, <laughs> another one is... So wait, to, be, to be clear for yes. everybody, basically it, within the core framework, so first course, how to get your elementary age get on the money savvy path so you watched all the videos in pretty rapid succession and then you did your very first full new allowance routine your new core day and that was about two weeks ago right two three weeks ago yeah yeah okay and then you and you also allocated sort of the seed money right the money that they had laying around right. into the same same thing yeah so the spend save invest and donate buckets right. and so you're really still just a few weeks into the process right right so it was interesting because the first thing, you know, when I initially said, this is what we're going to do, there's these four, and I was trying to explain it to them. And then I really, you know, I said, you'll find out when we do our day. And you were right to set aside time for that because we were sitting there for like a good hour and a half, like going over this. So initially, yeah. you know, they, Brooke wasn't as engaged. She just kept saying, I just want to keep all my money in my wallet. I have my money. I'm not getting, you know, giving it away. I said, Brooke, this isn't getting, getting rid of your money or giving it away. She didn't even understand that concept. Like, this is just for you to manage it better and put it in these different areas and, you know, whatever. So she, she didn't quite get that. And so we really sat down and she had a few special $2 bills and she started to put the $2 bills into her spend. And I said, Brooke, like those are special. Maybe you put those into your invest where the money stays in there. It makes money on its own. You know, then you can leave them in there. You don't have to keep taking them out. That's like a special bill, which you want to count towards your overall money. 
And she was like, oh, that's a good idea. So she put that money in her invest. She put, and she actually was pretty measured in where she put things, which surprised me. You know, and then she was more mindful with the, you know, with the home goods cart. She put everything back. And I think she started to really think like, I'm going to have to pay for this stuff myself. And I said, unless it has to do with your like living needs, you know, if it's Starbucks, Starbucks, which we all know is hideous. But if you're getting a sandwich there with protein in it, I will pay for it. If it's a meal of some sort, I will buy that for you because you need to eat in order to live and survive. So I will pay for your food. You know, but this is a great example. We went out with friends for lunch. This was just last week. This was after their second. We did have done two money days, Sunday, Monday. No, money Sundays. We did two. So we go for lunch with another set of kids. So it's my kids, these two other kids, the mom. We get the kids ice cream. We go to the mall after. We all want to go to the mall. We go to the mall. And my friend's daughter goes into Lululemon. My mom said, I can get whatever I want here. I said, you are so lucky. That's amazing. You go for it. Enjoy your Lululemon shopping spray. And Brooke's like, mom. And I'm like, I'm done buying you that. If you want to get something, get it. Take it out of your spend money. You have the money to get it. Do it. Of course, she came out with nothing because she wasn't spending her money on that. And was she upset? Was she happy? Was she accepting? How would you describe? What was her state of mind? So her state of mind, it's happened before where I've been like, no, I'm not getting you that. You know, I've said that before. I'm not one of those, yes, yes. I say no to her a lot. But she also, mm-hmm. if you were to look through her closet, you'd be like, wow, like she has a lot of Lululemon thing. So she came out without anything. I think she was a little disappointed, but she was also like, whatever, you know? It's not like this Except is something that she wants and doesn't have any. I'm like, you have enough of this stuff. Let your friend go crazy on her mother's dime. You know, that's goofy. I'm not doing that with you. So then she insisted, I want Starbucks. It's right here in the mall. I said, Brooke, we all just had ice cream. Forget the fact that it's so much sugar in your little like growing body. That's like insane to have that much sugar in that time span. I said, but you know what? You have a few bucks. If you really want to get it, go buy it out of your money. I'm not buying my own Starbucks. No, you should buy it for me. It's a drink. I said, I'm not getting it for you. And you just had ice cream, like a big ice cream with sprinkles. I said, I'm not doing it. And it was a big thing. That's great. I said, no. I said, if you want to do it, I'll let you, but you have to pay for it. She didn't get it. She didn't want to pay for it. (laughs) so i think she's getting she knows the value now of her own dollar you know which is really the benefit of of this i think a few things to note Nora. i think it's happening really fast for you which i think is amazing like you guys have only done a couple core days and your kids already seem to be getting the hang of it and i'm sure it feels really great for you to not have that weight on you of having to be the yes, no mom. Suddenly the conversation shifts, right? And they're like, can I have the money? And you go, sure, you can buy it, but spend your own money, right? And and it's not like me saying yes or no or being mean or not mean or giving in. It suddenly is like, it's on you, girl. It's on you. And it it really shifts kind of that dynamic of your your parenting and your relationship with your kids when they start understanding that you're not an ATM right. and that they have they have the buying power and they can make their own decisions right. and then one other thing that you said we we struggle with this a lot because some of the kids that my kids hang out with their parents are very free with right. their money and they're buying them a lot of expensive mm-hmm. things and you know Cassidy is always saying oh so and so you know she goes shopping with her mom and she gets eight bags of new school right. clothes and you're making me budget and you're tracking it and and I'm like you know that's great for them right now but in the long run Cassidy that's not really serving them you know when they go to college they might be really disappointed on how they find money works and doesn't work. Right. It doesn't 
Like that's not a real sustainable situation for them. So you're learning how to budget right. and you're learning how to track money. Right. And um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's hard at the time, but if we can frame it in a way that's like, it's a teaching tool, this is really, yeah. you know, I'm doing better for you in the long run. Um, it, it can really work for out sure, better. For sure. And there's a few things yeah, and I know Alec and our speaking with you, you know, I, I loved when you said, cause it wasn't ever such an open thing. It was always sort of like, well, what does my father do for a living? Like, is he in trouble with the law? I mean, I don't, I never knew. It was always bizarre. So it was never openly talked about like money or whatever. So, you know, when you said money should just be spoken about, like you shouldn't be afraid to talk about it, you know, and, and let them know, like, even when you set it up, I said, dad and I are the bankers, like we are the bank. And they're like, you're just giving this to us. I said, the point is to teach you about money. That's why we're, right. we're not just giving you free money. It's for you to be able to manage it and understand. But to your point, Julie, like when you said about the friends, so Brooke made a friend, is such a spender, comes to spend the weekend with us. And she goes, we want to go to Meisner and we're going to Kendra Scott and we're getting matching necklaces. And I said, okay. I said, well, that's great. I said, and if you have your own credit card with you or a way to pay for your Kendra Scott necklace, you should do that. You know, you do that. You get your Kendra Scott. I said, Brooke doesn't get jewelry out of nowhere. How much is a Kendra, for, forgive me everyone, but how much is a Kendra Scott a necklace? A Kendra Scott necklace is like, starts at like $65. Okay. So I said, no, uh, Brooke, I said, the way we work in our house is that Brooke doesn't just get like diamond encrusted jewelry out of nowhere. It just, we don't do it like that unless it's a birthday or a special occasion, you know, and I will say this is a, what I'm wearing is a Kendra Scott necklace, which Brooke got for me on Amazon. This was before all the money thing. And she gave me the money for it. She gave me cash for it. So it was like a gift from her that she could get. So I thought that was really sweet. So she did understand at the time that she spent her money to get me this gift and it was special and I wear it and I love it, you know, but I didn't feel bad saying to the friends like, no, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting Brooke so that you guys can have matching necklaces. That's not happening. I said, but I will get you a little $7 string bracelet from the store next to Kendra Scott for you to have a little something (laughs) matching that's remembrance of your weekend together. And she was like, okay. So I said, Brooke, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. I said, don't be embarrassed. It is what it is. You don't get jewelry out of nowhere. So yeah. And then there was another thing with, oh, and I wanted to talk more about Cole because he's an interesting case study about all this. I know I'm talking a lot about Brooke, but Cole is a little more mindful of like money and spending. um, But this whole thing, you know, with his cards, so with the cards. So once we did this, you know, whole thing, he said, I'm going to put this money in my save and I'm going to save up for these card shows that come here because I want to be able to go to the card shows and get what I want. And I'm trying to, that's actually been my biggest challenge is like waiting for the save. They're like, but we want to spend it now. We want to get this big thing now. We don't want to wait. I said, you still have to wait a little longer because the whole point is to teach you that you're saving for something. It's not your spend that you're going to just rip out. Right. You know, so delay the gratification. Right. So I'm trying with that. They're like, ask Alec if we could just take our spend money out now. I'm like, I think it's up to him. I mean, I'm trying to get you to understand the concept of this. So he found this card show. And he went into his save, into his spend, and he took out $120. And from his seed money, he still had like a bunch of money. So he said, I want to spend out of my spend $120 at this card show. So I'm like, okay, you know, let him maybe learn. Maybe it'll go down to nothing. And then he can't get his Xbox game that he wants. You know, now he's saying, you used to always buy me the Xbox games. Why do I have to pay for it myself now? That's like another challenge that I'm having. But, you know, I'm trying to think of things that he wants that are for his pleasure, you know, his, what he should pay yep. for them now himself. He's 12 years old. Let him learn that, you know, that he can get the things he wants without having to ask me, just get it, just take Absolutely. it out of your own money. Yep. 
So I take him to this card show and he is negotiating with these card guys. The guy, you know, the guy's like, three cards for $20. He's like, how about 18? <laughs> it was so cute. He kept trying to get it. He's like, this one card is very expensive. It's $40. Both like, how about 35? Like for everything. And I thought that was really good for him. He was negotiating. He was trying to make his money go farther. Of course, he spent every last Did he last used cent. to do that? He did a little bit. When you went with him? When I went with him, okay. he did. But I think even more so this time, knowing it was coming out of his own okay, okay. you know, thing. And he didn't come okay. up to me. At, he didn't say, I need more. He spent exactly, you know, I think he said to the guy, all I have left is X. Can I? And I think the guy like gave it to him. You know, he worked it because that was all the money he had. Um, and he was so happy. He came home. He laid them all out. He put them in his little case. Like, you know, and he felt so good that he got his cards and had this experience going and spending his own money that he had. It really, I think, made him more appreciative of the stuff that he got. Yeah, we've had a few things that really have worked out. Like, thank God, they have an understanding now. So being that they that you were excited to begin, you knew this was something you wanted to teach them, like, you know, it's on the level of potty training yes, to some degree. But you had to choose between the two, you'd probably go with potty training. But <laughs> yet, when you when we talked, there was still, again, that like seven months or so lag time between when you really got excited about it and when you started. So I'm curious what what happened because I think the the hardest thing for people is to just say, you know what? I'm going to start. Right. So was it just simply that or was it some other reason? I think it was just really other life stuff. I feel like I just I had all these very big clients and then suddenly I didn't have as many clients. So I wasn't on my computer as much. I was trying to like really detox from years and years of like crazy work. Um, so I sort of had a break. Um, so I just wasn't really on my laptop to really get into it and watch it. And then my kids were going to camp and then it was getting them up to camp. I had all these little road trips. Like, I think it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. And then finally I'm sitting there, they're away at camp. I'm like, I need to do this. Like, I need to do this right away. They're coming home. They are ridiculous with their money and their spending. I want to help them. I want to finally like really know what it is that I need to do to help them about this. And I did have guilt that I waited so long. You know, I, I think this is like, this should actually, I feel like you should, you know, talk to elementary school teachers and come in and do a class. The hard part is, I mean, I really believe that schools are not in a position to teach this because the keys are being consistent and being strategic. Right. Well, and parents. if you do it in school, even if they do it in third grade or they do it in fourth grade, and then what about the next teacher and the next teacher and the next right. teacher? It has to be the parents. And right now in high school, it's one course. Right. It has, right. It has to be at home. Yeah where you can do something and then follow up at the card shop right. or in the mall yeah. or it's the practicing is really what the key is. And with real money, right? right. If you do it in second or third grade, it's going to be with play money and it's going to be this whole like market right. experience, but you're not using real dollars. Yeah. It's a different story no, when it's it month after month after month yeah. of really using your own spending money right. to live. Well, after watching the videos, you know, I was so excited. And I said to Craig, like, we're going to do this. And it's hard because he's working a lot. But it was interesting because he said, okay, so is it online? It's an e-this, it's a digital thing. I said, Craig, it's real actual money. It's like nickels and dimes and dollars. And <laughs> he was like, so is it at Morgan Stanley? It's uh, 2D, it's a card. I'm like, Craig, there is no card. There is nothing online. It is literally like physical cash. <laughs> yeah, and we are the bankers. And we are... So it, in the beginning, it was really interesting because they really were like, they didn't grasp what we were doing, that it was just simply money. That's why when I sent you those pictures, I laid it out. I had my little change box, which I've always had. And I said, this is just straight up money. And it was interesting. At first, they both were like, we're not putting our money into donate. That's crazy. 
why would you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Why? And even Craig's like, yeah, I mean, that's their money. I'm like, Craig, don't you like teach them to be giving nice people? They have plenty of cash right now. And I want them to put something in there, even if it's a little bit. You know, and I explained to them, we love the Gumbo Limbo Nature Center where they help the turtles. They do like turtle rescues. They do little surgeries on them. We go there all the time. And we, when we go, I'm the one putting my $20 bill, you know, into the donation box because you want to give a little something mm. when you go there. Yeah. So I said, think about it now. When we go back to Gumbo Limbo, you can go into your little donate thing and you can give your own money that's out of your stuff to help these turtles. You know, think about that. Like we watched, they had a big um, turtle release. How did they react to that? They got that because that's like a physical thing, you know, rather than donating online. But even since then, Cole's like, oh, I want to give to the Jimmy. He's a big sports guy. I want to give to the Jimmy V Foundation. I want to help the Ukraine. Yeah, he's thinking more about, which is really cute. It's great. But yeah, I think they really got it. Julie, you wanted to ask some specifics about Nora's uh, setup or house rules, you know, whether she deviated, things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your house rules, Nora. And you had your whole talk with your kids and you said, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. Like, what is the amount that you decided on and how did you decide, you know, how often are you doing it? What is the amount that has to go into every bucket? Just kind of give us an overview of like, what does your whole thing look like? So I think because they're a little older, you know, they're 12 now, they're turning 13 this year, they're having their B'nai Mitzvah, which, you know, they're going to get gifts for that. We have to figure out what we're going to do with that. My husband's like, that's going into your college fund, you know, and they don't love hearing that. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> they're like, huh? But they're like, we have our buckets now. So um, I don't know, we're going to see what happens with that. But, you know, I basically set out with what the recommendation was, like, look at the national, you know, average of what it is. We made it 40 for each. You know, and of course, Brooke said, my friend in New York gets 40 a week. I'm like, well, that's insane. But okay, good for her. Get that too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm wow. like, all right. Okay, you're getting 40 Great. a month. So use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just said a little, you know, however much needs to go in each thing. You know, and I had to tell my husband, don't like berate them for putting it where they want. You know, it's in- it'll be interesting to see where they put it. You know, and Cole really, right. it's a learning experience yeah, and for you. Cole really got, he, he's like, I want to put a lot into invest because it's going to make its own money. He made $11 after the first one. And he's like, wow, like that's a lot. And Craig's like, we might have to lower that, you know, rate <laughs> for the interest. He's like, that, that is a lot. Yeah. So it, you know, we basically said, just put a little something into each bucket. And then we had a situation where Craig was having a hard time, like they're not doing their chores. You know, they're leaving garbage upstairs. The house is a mess. Why are we giving them this money? You know, and I tried to explain like, that's something different. Like, you know, and so Craig had the idea, which I thought was interesting, which I don't know if we'll really do unless the house really gets into like disarray and they're doing nothing. But he said, I want to take $10 and make another bucket of like help, you know, helping around the house or giving it to the housekeepers who come, you know, every two weeks. Because they're not doing their part. Meaning, oh, meaning a fifth bucket that they have to contribute to. If they're being a mess and not doing their chores, you know, maybe make it more. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. And I said, I think a penalty bucket. Exactly. And I said, guys, we're going to, you're going to get 30 a month and 10 of it is going to have to go into your don't keep the house a freaking mess bucket. Like, is that what you want? You know, do your part. I think that's a great um, idea. So that was a, so any sort of penalty. Well, one, if it's uh, expected, you know, you can say, "Listen, everyone's expected to donate or to put ten dollars and more if you wish." But you know, you have so they have to budget for that. Right. Keep that in mind. That's one way right. to do it. Another thing could be like a penalty bucket that says instead of you know going in and saying, "Well, you're not getting allowance unless you do all these things," it's okay. You're getting right. allowance, 
but remember I can always penalize and take away and go into the, into the penalty right. bucket. So that resonated so with either them. Way yeah, that resonated with them. They're like, Oh That's wow. I know. Cause I said, Craig, keep it separate. I said, be creative with how you do that. And he goes, well, maybe they pay $10 a month if they're going to be such slobs, you know, they can't be like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So Slob, slob tax. tax. Exactly. So that came out of it. Um, I just, that's a really good life lesson though. I mean, you're not paying them to do chores, right. but you're saying there's an expense associated with not doing chores. Right. Like that's a real life thing. I have to pay the housekeeper right. more or to come more often if we're not doing what we need to do around our house. Right. And I think um, the way you've set that up is really, really smart. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. So we haven't done yeah. that yet, but I that's agree. the threat looming, you know, that there might be that. Yeah. Fifth yeah. Bucket. I love it. It's like the third rail. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fifth. Um, <laughs> I have another really interesting um, story about, uh, you know, initially when we first started this, I, you know, and I'm still so excited about it. And I remember my husband saying like, um, oh, we went to Turnberry. I told Alec, we're coming down. We're going to Turnberry. So Craig was, you know, had a few drinks. He's in a good mood. He's like, we were by the Aventura Mall. He's like, you both get $75. You can get whatever you want with it. I'm like, Craig, really? Like they're getting 40 months now. You're just like, here's $75. It's like, random arbitrary amount of money and he's like you can pick whatever you want with it and they were like oh yay okay that's 75 dollars okay brooke said i want to go to the aviator nation section of bloomingdale's because they have aviator nation there and i really want something so, and this was after there's nothing there for 75 no. so we get there she picks out a sweatshirt <laughs> how much is the sweatshirt it's like 165 dollars. i want this i said brooke that's great i said i think you should get it minus $75 from the cost of that sweatshirt and you pay the rest out of your spend money and see how much you're left with, you know, to buy your whatever else that you need out of it. Like you may not have enough to do anything else because you're spending it now on the sweatshirt. When dad said he would get you something, she tries it on. Oh, but I really like it. And then there was a t-shirt there that was like a little more than the 75. It was maybe like 82 or something, which was fine. Like for a $7 difference, I said, Brooke, if you get a t-shirt, then that's dad getting you a t-shirt. You don't have to put anything towards it because it's the amount that he's giving you, you know, to spend. So she has on the t-shirt. She's like, but I really love this. I'm like, you can get either one. I'm like, if you get the t-shirt, that's your gift. No money out of your spend bucket. And, but if you get the other, you have to pay the difference. She hung up the sweatshirt. She's like, I'm not paying out of my money, all that extra to get that sweatshirt. So I said, maybe your save is we'll get in the car. We'll go down to Miami beach in three months, you know, to wait for a little bit. And you bring your money to the Aviator Nation store and, and we'll make a day of it. And you can go pick out something that you've saved for at Great Aviator idea. Nation and get the sweatshirt. You want it, but like save up for it and go get it. I don't really need it. I don't really want it. So I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't spend my money on getting that for her. If that's right. how she feels. Exactly. Um, so that was another right. really great, like, you know, wow. Okay. She really does get this. You know, she got the t-shirt. She wore it for... Now we just need Craig to get it. Craig needs to get it. And I was telling my mother, my mother goes, can your brother do this? He's 42. She goes, can we do this for your brother, Scott? He needs this. <laughs> I know. So I said, honestly, my, my brother, Scott, could benefit from this because he is another ridiculous, spends money on Lord knows. But I feel so happy that we did this. It really, they have a full sense of like what's coming out of their money. They know to wait and get what they want. Oh, I have one more. So this is really, this is another interesting anecdote. <laughs> so with the whole card thing, Cole goes to this card show, brings 120 of his dollars. I don't know if it's a twin thing. And I wouldn't say that they're like super close. Brooke was very annoyed by Cole. Even when he breathes, he's gross. He's breathing too loud. He's chewing too loud. <laughs> These are not like hugging and, you know, on I top like of each other's twins. I we're the same twins. person, Nora. We are the same no, person. No, they're sta- stage. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. So she goes, well, Cole just took $120 out of his spend. I'm doing that and I'm buying something. I'm doing the same thing that he just did. I said, okay, well, just because he did that, you don't have to do that same thing. That's your money to spend, like wait, wait to save up. I have to have an autographed uh, photograph picture of a celebrity and I'm getting it and I'm spending what Cole spent and I have to get it. So I'm like, okay, Brooke, this is a little insane, but whatever. If you're taking out of your own money, I can't tell you no. She goes online on eBay and she finds, oh, what's his name? Um, I think I wrote it down. He, whatever. She finds this autographed picture, buys it. And I said, before you even hit buy, I need the cash. Go in your little bucket and give, <laughs> give me $80. It was $80 to ship it, to buy this thing, $80. So she counts out the 80, gives it to me, hits go. And I printed out like registers for each of their slots. So they deduct it, you know, right away, they're registering how much is left, how much was there. So I said, write in your thing minus the 80 out of what you have in your spend. She writes it down. And, you know, I said, Brooke, maybe that's like a little crazy to get that random signed thing. So she said it was, this is what she said to me. She said, mom, it was an educated purchase because he, the day I got my signed picture in the mail, his Netflix show is number one on Netflix. (laughs) Oh, so it's so she said it's an investment. She's like, I'm really glad I got it because now his show is number one, and I got his. uh, You know, now I have his signed picture, and I'm happy to have it like hanging in my room. All right. Well, I will say, Nora, this these anecdotes are definitely very interesting. They always (laughs) are. One of the things that could come come out of it because it sounds like you know, obviously, they're starting with a lot in their in their spend. Is that if they spend it down, then they're going to look and they're going to say, wait a minute, now I'm left with the the amount that I'm getting monthly. Like I had all of this and they look around and say, but I don't have anything to show for it except this <laughs> autographed picture of some Netflix right. star. And that that's, we want them to learn when the lessons right. cost dozens of dollars, a few hundred dollars is can be painful, but it is still better than when they're in their twenties or their thirties. And those lessons are costing them thousands or tens of thousands right. of dollars. So as painful as it is to watch them spend money at this, right at this juncture, this ultimately is right. a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, what I said to my husband too. I'm like, let them do this. And then they'll see every month when we sit down right. to tally what they've gotten there, they'll see how much it's gone down and how much they have yeah. knowing that they're getting the 40. So what do you think the biggest challenge has been? You know, you're just a few weeks in, but what's been the most challenging thing so far? I don't even know that I would say that it's challenging. It's just, I feel like the biggest thing is we want to spend our save. Like that's their every day. I will, but we just want to take that and we want to spend that. I'm like, what is it that you're even getting? And why do you have to have that right now? You have to go blow all your money on cards and then you can't go down the line. I said, cool. Why don't you read to me when these card shows are coming? X date, X date, X date. I'm like, that's five card shows. Don't you want to be able to like have a little something each time you go, you know? And I think that's why this is so valuable and so important is like, these kids are already 12 and they're still like, let's spend it all. If I have it, Ooh, you know, even though now they're definitely more mindful knowing it's coming out of theirs. But I think had I not done this or had we not done this with them, they have no concept of what's in my wallet or in my bank account. You know, they have no idea. They can't see that. And I've been strict with Cole like that. Cole got an Xbox game. I said, you owe me $20. You can buy that yourself. You have the money for that. You used to always buy them for me. I said, go. And he wasn't going to give me the $20. I said, I I felt like I want my $2 that movie. He was like, so grumpy about it, but he gave it to me. A good reminder is always, well, listen, I I hear you, but keep in mind, 
the money that you're using as your spend money did come from me initially. So it's not like you just planted some seeds in the backyard right. and that grew. It did come from my wallet. So don't think, child, that right. this is, <laughs> was just yeah, found money. Exactly. I would also say that um, it is really important for the save, especially in the beginning stages of all this, those first few months, even the first mm-hmm. couple of years, to really have a specific goal and stick to it right. for that save. So if it is you know, the card show is coming up in three months, so it is not to be touched. Or it is $400, that's your your item. I'm not going to say that it has to be militaristic and never, ever changing, but it should really be the exception and not the rule. Once they establish this is the item right. I'm saving for, or this is the dollar amount or the time print, whatever it is, the event, then you really want to try and stick to that as much so as possible. is it normal? I think they're like afraid to pick something to say, like, I feel like in their minds, it's like, then they're getting rid of all their money in there. You know what I mean? It's like, when I say what do you, they're like, oh, I don't want to, like, I just want it now to buy this and that. You know, I don't, there's nothing I really want to save up for. That's what they'll say. Then, then I would say for the time being, for a placeholder, until they identify something, I would have a specific amount and say, if you can't come up with something, I'm going to provide for you. And I would pick an amount that is going to take them somewhere between at their age, let's say three mm-hmm. and five months, whatever that dollar amount is. If at the rate that you're giving them, if that's going to be $200, then it's 200 If it's 80 it's 80 If it's 400 it's 4 whatever but that amount should I not is. let them take it out before a certain point? Or, you know, that's my question. Like, can they keep, should they keep it in there? Or can they take it out of their save if they think that's what they want to do? Anything that comes out of the save for something other than the goal that was established should be exception and not the rule. If they do that, you know, then you say, okay, listen, this isn't right. the way that it works. I'm going to let you do that this time. And you may be given once a year, get out of jail free. You know, if it's, you know, once in the, oh, you did that, but it was nine months ago, you know, but no, it should be really something that's pretty, pretty okay. set. Nora, um, Cassidy doesn't really ever know what her one thing she's saving is, but she has a good concept now of like what the difference is between the save and spend. And we talk about it a lot through the month because when she'll say like, oh, I want those shoes and they're $200 Mm -hmm. and I'll say that sounds like a great thing to save for, right? right? That's not, you don't have enough spend money for that, but you could get it in two or three months if you start really saving. And so it's more of like the conversation that goes along with it, but she may have written like three different things all within the same sort of price range that she might be saving for. But it could change, you know, she might want something today and two months from now, something different. But she, I think the most important thing for her, she's understanding the difference of what we can buy today and what we have to save for two or three or four months down the road. And Julie, wouldn't you say John is somewhat on that same path when it comes to biking things, right? So his, his save bucket has been more along the lines of, I know there are things I'm going to need for my bike. I don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. And then when those things come up, I can tap into that resource. Yeah. Yeah. For him, he has a lot of bike maintenance and bike repairs and bike replacements and, you know, a wheel for his bike. He just had to pay $260 Uh um, plus the labor to replace it. And so if he didn't have that money in his save to pay me back right at that moment, he would have been bikeless for a while. So he's also learning that that's a really important thing for him. And at one time he wanted an Xbox and we went to Best Buy and I said, you have enough money and save to buy an Xbox. 
but like then you won't have any money for your bike. So what's more important to you to be a gamer or to be a biker? And it's like, no, I'm a biker. Like I can play games on my computer. It's fine. And so I think it's, again, just like analyzing who you are, what you're about, where your dollars are going to go. And that save bucket has been really instrumental in them like kind of realizing their, you know, their true passions and where they want their money going. When my kids were starting this and they were in third grade, they knew they wanted whatever I talk about in the video, that inflatable (laughs) unicorn, right? The ridiculousness that they, that they bought. But, you know, Cole might be the perfect example of just like John, where it's like, okay, you know what? Your save bucket, instead of us having a specific goal, this is your card show save bucket, right? And maybe it's a savings account, essentially dedicated to that because that's your passion. So that could be an alternative way to do it. I do wonder because I started later and I wish I did this when my kids were in third grade. Now they're in seventh and I have, you know, I mean, I've got, I bought him the Xbox. I got the $200 sneakers for school. I didn't want to, it killed me to do that, but like they needed sneakers for school. And before that I had taken them champs, this store, that store, this small, no, 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 no to DSW. no. I started to lose my mind. They literally broke me down. It was like I was waterboarded into buying these $250 shoes, honestly. But I did it because they needed shoes or they would not have shoes to wear to school. They would be like in Crocs. I don't know what. They would be wearing socks to school. So, you know, I wonder, have I failed them by setting the bar too high by buying them these things to date because I have, because they haven't, you know, been buying stuff for themselves. So you definitely are not, you have not failed them. That's for sure. You are on a different path now. And this yeah. is a wonderful thing. I will share with you uh, what we talked about last week, actually, with uh, with our, my friend Robbie on this very same podcast. I said, when Grace wanted, same thing, she wanted $150 yeah. sneakers or whatever the case was. I, we were at Nike town and we were looking at the sneakers and, and this was the baseline sneaker was X dollars. I think it was a hundred dollars. It's like, okay, I want you to at least fit in. I want you to don't not everyone to point at your shoes. Like, you know, that's more than I was expecting to pay, but okay. If this is the norm, but she wanted an upsell, she wanted a premium. So she paid the overage. She paid the difference between the baseline and the ridiculousness. And she was very happy. She loved them and it was worth it to her. The extra $30 or so that right. she paid out and of her pocket. And I think pocket. I'll do that moving forward. But right now, Cole's prancing around in his Yeezys, which is not happening again. It's not. Yeah. Or Nora, what I do right. also is Cassidy would love $600 shoes for school, <laughs> you know, this year. Right. And I'm like, well, that's more than your whole budget. So how about we do $200 on shoes? You can get two pairs of Converse. You can get three pairs of Vans. Right. What What can we do within that $200 range? And I think she wants a pair that's $150. And I'm like, okay, well that's it. Like you get one pair that, you know, it's really, then, um, I'm not paying any overages or anything like, or, you know, you're not paying overages. I'm just giving you $200 is the max I will spend on shoes, Mm -hmm. figure it out, you know, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what she does. Yeah. I think this is so great for kids to have even this attention put on them to help them understand this. A lot of kids don't, you know, and I really felt it that day with my, you know, that we took the kids out for lunch, my friend and I, you know, and she said to me, Nora, like, help me, teach me, tell me what this is, because my kids are a mess. And in went her daughter into Lululemon, the giant shopping bag. I felt good. Brooke may have been a little disappointed Amen. that she didn't leave with the big shopping bag. But I, in a weird way, I almost felt like I, and I know this is very psychological, but maybe she felt a little more cared for in that moment. You know, like I was looking out for her, teaching her something when this other girl was just like, la-da-da, 
You know what I mean? Like I can't. She will thank you, Nora. Yeah, I hope she so. will thank you. If it's not today, yeah. she will eventually. I think it stuck with her. She got it. You know, I think she's getting it. I drop that on my kids every so often when they say, well, how come they're doing that with their kid? I say, yeah, I guess I just love it. And it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, if those people knew, you know, maybe not everybody knows how to help their, you know, that there is a way that it's a taught thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it really should be. All right. So Nora, that's a good transition to the last question, which is what advice would you pass on to other parents who are thinking about starting on this journey that yeah, you just did? I think did? it's one of the main things that you need to do with your kids for sure. And I just wish I'd done this sooner. I think elementary school, like you said, you started your kids in third grade. That really would have been ideal. It would save me years of spending hundreds, which has become thousands on nonsense that is meaningless, that you know, it's exactly like my home goods example, you know, toss everything into a cart. I've got to buy. It doesn't mean anything to the person I'm getting it for. They don't know how much that costs or where it's coming from, what to prioritize. Like this really taught them how to know what they're getting. You know, and I think even by saying dad and I are the bankers, your money is coming from here. You see that we work really hard for this money that we're giving you to teach you about money. You know, this isn't, and you know, and I love the the scarcity, you know, I'm like, this is not, Growing on trees, Brooke goes, well, paper, it's made of paper, so it actually does grow on trees. I'm like, no, Brooke, it really doesn't. Like, it's earned, it comes out, it goes to this, it goes to paying for the house, it pays for taxes, it pays for the mortgage. You know, and even doing this was a good opening for Craig to teach them about the 401k, you know, with the invest bucket. He goes, we have this 401k. He goes, I have out of my paycheck. He's like, right now, I'm putting so much money out of my paycheck that I never even see that money that's going right into this 401k to make money for itself. Like, so we have to spend a little less on XYZ because that money is going into a place to make us more money down the line. That's what it's about. It's about relating right. your experience. So I hope that you said, look, this is my yeah. investment bucket and this is my savings bucket. Yeah. This and it was great for bucket. them to hear from their father, you know, who they see sitting there locked away in an office all day. Well, what's he doing in there? He's working hard to make money right. to put in his little buckets. That's what he's doing. Yeah. So Excellent. I think it's so great. Yeah. Well, I wish you guys you, so much luck. And, you know, I'm telling people about it. I'm sending out, you know, the links. My friends want to know, like, how, you know, my friend that day saw her daughter with the Lululemon bag. She's like, you need to tell me, like, what I need to do because <laughs> we need help. And I'm like, you do, because that's pretty hideous what just went on at Lululemon. Yeah. It's important. Those people and everybody, they can sign up for the first course, of course, which is uh, starting your elementary age child on the money savvy path. So that's up and live. Thanks, Nora, for participating in it, of for course. doing it, for loving it. And we want to remind everybody to subscribe, whether you're listening to this on YouTube or your Apple podcast or your Spotify podcast, whatever it is, hit that little subscribe button. That always helps. And I always like to close by telling everybody to teach sensibly. Julie, unless there's anything you no, want to add. No, this has been great. Thank you so much, Nora. I love all your stories. Yeah. Um, I wish more, we lived closer and we could get together for coffee regularly oh, and talk about these that. stories because I think our kids are uh, very similar in that way. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to tell us all these great stories and also um, to do what you're doing with your kids. They will thank you later. We'll I see. Promise. TBD on that. But no, they're, they're doing great <laughs> with it. Keep up the good work and I will try to keep up your good work through my kids. Um, but it's already been awesome. a world of difference in just the two times we've done this. And we're going to definitely keep it, you know, keep it going. And I would say even beyond elementary school, it still works. You know, we're in the midst totally. of middle school. I mean, I would say get oh, into yeah, it better late than never, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. And those courses nice. are in the works, too. So thank you, Nora. Thank you, everybody, for listening.